Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to yet another episode of TV7's Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan and joining me all the way from the Galilee, Israel, is my dear brother in Christ, Amir Salfati, and friend, of course. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jonathan. Thank you. It's hot July now, but we're, we're still making it. Indeed. Well, uh, how about we open in prayer and then uh, we'll dive into a few plans, uh, the, the upcoming travel that you're going to have also to South Africa. You can tell us about that. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, let's start yes. with asking the Lord to join us, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, Father, we thank you so much that we are your children, that we were granted the status of those who can call you Abba Father through the shed blood of Christ and the finished work on the cross. We now ask that you will uh, grant us wisdom to uh, go through this uh, uh, broadcast right now and and not just say the things of our own, but to say, to say the things of, of you and your heart so people will be blessed and uh, fed by your word. We thank you, Father, for your plans, for your promises, and for your love. And you have demonstrated your love by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We thank you for that. And in his name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Amir, uh, as I mentioned, you're traveling to South Africa. Uh, I, I will confess, I think South Africa is one of the most beautiful countries on earth. Um, and with beautiful people, unfortunately, a lot of problems. Um, uh, this uh, past several months also saw some devastation there, floods, and, and people were really in distress, and we've been praying for them. Um, but you're heading there for a tour, yes. a speaking tour? Yes, uh, Jonathan, this is going to be my second ministry tour to South Africa. I'm looking forward to it. We, we postponed it a few times because of COVID, but look, whenever there is hardship, there is also the work of God to purify his, uh, you know, his children. You know, hardship builds up character and character is what we need right now. And so I am expecting to see a lot of on-fire Christians. One of the problems of the world uh, when things are going well is that people are not on fire. People are, uh, you know, very laid back and they're, uh, you know, the Hebrew Bible calls it Vayashmen Yeshurun Vayivat. When Jeshurun, one of the names of Israel, is getting growing fat, which means spoiled, it kicks. It basically kicks God out and wants to do things on its own. And so the Western world by, you know, in, in large is like that. South Africa has had some very major challenges over the last few years. And I can see that from personal encounter with certain people there that I know the genuine faith that I see there and the mm. hunger and thirst to study the word and to understand the word of God and to follow Christ with all their heart, soul, and mind. And so I'm looking forward to it. We will be visiting um, six different cities uh, in a short time of 16 days. Uh, We'll be in um, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, uh, Bloemfontein, Durban, Johannesburg, and Pretoria. 
uh, we'll, apart from that, we will hold several breakfasts for certain people. We will visit certain churches sometimes simultaneously as we are three different speakers. So we want to cover as much ground as possible. And uh, I also want to encourage as many uh, people who are uh, viewing this to attend those conferences, but as many that are not viewing these uh, programs regularly to do so because I think this is where we really observe the times and the seasons and understand them and give people hope and, um, and much comfort through the word of God. Mm, amen. Amen. Well, this is the reason we're doing this, obviously. And uh, we're doing this exclusively to serve our Heavenly Father uh, as uh, we await His return uh, to uh, take us to Him. And, and uh, let's start with a, a word from uh, uh, the Word of God, Isaiah uh, Nunbet, Isaiah 52. Um, just a couple of verses at the beginning. Uh, I'll start in Hebrew, and if you may follow up in, in English, um, it goes as follows. Uri, Uri, Livshi Uzech Zion, Livshi Big Day, Tifartech, Yerushalayim Ir Hakodesh, Kilo Yosif, Yavo Bach, Od Arel, Vetame, Hitnari, Meafar, Kumi Shvi Yerushalayim. התפתחו מוסרי צווארך, שביעה בציון, כי כה אמר אדוני חינם נתמכרתם, ולא בכסף תיגאלו. Yeah, God redeems Jerusalem. Isaiah 52, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. Jonathan, this is an amazing thing that the prophet Isaiah wrote to the soon exiled nation of Israel. He already could see the Assyrian coming, they're taking them, and then will the Babylonians come in the time of, of Nehemiah, uh, in the time of uh, uh, Jeremiah the prophet, and uh, destroy Jerusalem eventually. Isaiah was looking forward to the day that the Jewish people understand that religion is not the answer and that going against the commandments of the Lord is their problem. That's why he said, look, this is you, you have basically bonds on your neck. And, you know, I, I, I want to go back, you know, when when the Lord came to Galilee years later, Jesus came. The Bible says that he fulfilled the words of Isaiah that the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, people who sat in the valley of shadow of death, upon them light has dawned. The valley of shadow of death. And the Bible says in Isaiah, in, in the same, in the book of Psalms 107, it says, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons. Why? Because they rebelled against the words of, the, of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought them down their heart with labor 
they fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distress and brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. It's a spiritual thing, Jonathan. Those uh, bonds on the neck of a nation is not a physical bond. It's a spiritual bond. And that is when they rebelled against the Lord. And God wants the children of Israel to come back to him, to return to him. And uh, that is why the Messiah came to his own. Of course, the Bible says his own received him not, but doesn't mean that he forgot all about them. He came to the people of Israel. He came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Isaiah prophesied that in chapter 52, and then in chapter 53, which is the chapter that led me to the Lord. It, this is where he describes how you can actually have your shackles broken. And that is God sent one person and upon him put all the iniquities and all the transgressions of all of us. And by his stripes, we are healed. As so speak. 52 is nice, but read it right then and then right after 53 and you'll get not just the wishful thinking of the prophet but the actual solution that god provided years after isaiah wrote that prophecy amen well we encourage uh everybody watching um read all of the word of god uh, this exactly. book uh that grants us uh, not only uh, words, but the essence, and and uh, it has so many secrets in here. Uh, it's filled with wisdom, filled with knowledge, and blessed are those who seek knowledge. And, and ultimately, um, Amelia just spoke about the the shadow of death, and and uh, you know the lost sheep. But uh, as Psalm twenty three says, and, and I'll just read this quickly, Hebrew and English. Um, ימי <laughs> Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see this amazing promise. First of all, it says surely. When you believe, when you trust the Lord, it's not maybe, could possibly, this surely. And then he's talking about the eternal perspective of our salvation. You know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, if your faith in Christ is in this life alone, he said, then you are of all people most pedible. He said, 
our life is not about our faith is not just about now it's the eternal perspective and this is why in psalm 91 the the, the psalmist writes when the righteous is flourishing and the workers of iniquity are having good times it is that they may be destroyed forever in the short term it seems like the bad guys are doing good but in the eternal perspective they will have destruction so we need to hold on to these promises and we need to remember this is not a short term a short a short uh, uh, distance race you know paul said fight the fight run the race and keep the faith and only seconds or minute before he passed away he said that's it i have completed i ran the race i fought the fight now that crown of righteousness is reserved to me he knew he reached he's about to reach the finish line and the finish line is only when we come to the presence of the lord either by having this temporary death here or by being raptured and standing before him with our new glorified body both ways we have wonderful promise paul said to the corinthians behold i tell you a mystery not all of us are going to die but all of us are going to change in a minute in a twinkling of an eye the last trumpet and and the dead in, and so we, we have unbelievable promises and we need to run in the long uh, lo, uh, you know the long uh, distance one and have much perseverance endurance and patience because things are not going to get easier they're going to get worse but we have an amazing promise that we need to hold on to Ephesians uh, 2 uh, starts with uh, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the pr uh, spirit whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust uh, of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared uh, beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen, mm -hmm. Amil. Amil, obviously there's so many people who are the former rather than the latter today, the majority around us. Um, most people do not know grace. They do not know salvation. What can you tell us about this aspect? How can we pray for them? How can we walk, not for the sake of works, but for the sake of reflecting Christ through us on earth for the nations? 
You know, Jonathan, uh, when when Peter acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God in Caesarea Philippi, or in that region, Jesus immediately said, "Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven." But minutes later, Jesus began to talk about his coming uh, persecution, extradition you know, suffering, death, and resurrection. And Peter took him aside and rebuked him. And that's when Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Same person. He told him first that the father revealed that to him. And minutes later, he said, get behind me, Satan. And why? Because Peter, the first in the first part, believed that which the Holy Spirit told him, that which the, the father told him, that Jesus is God in the flesh, and he came to this world to save us. But then Peter wandered off to the world's interpretation of Messiah, which that he has to come and reign, and it has nothing to do. Our sins is not an issue. And this is what made Jesus so uncomfortable and said, get behind me, Satan, because you cannot escape the sin issue that has to be dealt with first and only then you can enjoy salvation. Salvation is not by affiliation. You cannot be born, born again. You have to be born first of the water. And that's when Jesus said to Nicodemus, one must be born of the water and the spirit in order to enter the kingdom. And my point is this, Jonathan, even those who call themselves believers in Jesus, there's so many of them that are religious people. And they think that they can earn their salvation through works. And what you just read, you just read it, salvation, it's not. It's by grace you have been saved, not through works, so no one will boast. Now, and then he said, you have been prepared for good works, which means after you have been saved, now you are pre prepared for good works. Good works will not save you. Salvation will give you good works. That's the difference. And so many people take it and put the cart ahead of the horse instead of behind it. And they think that good works will lead them towards salvation, which is exactly the opposite. Salvation will lead you to good work. You cannot be saved through good works. That's what you just read. That's what Isaiah tried to say to the people of, of Jerusalem. And this is exactly what Jesus had to say to Peter. And also, that's what Jesus said to the people of Nazareth. He said there were many widows in, in Israel at the time of Elijah, but only to the one in Zarephath he went. And there is many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha, but to, the, to Naaman the Assyrian he went. He said, look, salvation is not by affiliation. You cannot be born a believer, a Christian. Anyone that has the word Christian on his birth certificate has to change it. Because you cannot be born a Christian. A Christian is a follower of Christ. You have to be born again. You have to, you have to decide to follow him in order to be called Christian. And so the only thing that has to be on our birth certificate is sinner. And then comes, of course, the act of salvation, the, 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 to be drawn to the Lord by the Spirit and to acknowledge his lordship, our sinful nature, and our need for him. And once we have been saved by grace alone, Jonathan, now comes the good works. Someone cannot say I'm born again and continue. Let's say there is a serial killer and he got saved, as at least he claims. And then he continued to kill people. I mean, 
this is obviously not working. You cannot do that because it tells you that there's no change. There is no, you know, nothing that can prove that you have been born again and now you are, you know, prepared for good works. But, you know, as far as Israel is concerned, Israel will have to come to the end of its religious aspiration and come to the grips of the fact that the one whom they pierced is the promised Messiah. That's what Zechariah wrote in chapter 12. And they look at him whom they pierced and they cry and they mourn. It has to come to that point. Hosea chapter 5 verse 15 says, I will go again, return again to my place until they acknowledge their offense. And through their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. Again, if you want to go through afflictions and come to the end of yourself and still try to exhaust religion, you can do that. But religion is not the answer. Good works is not the answer. It's pure reliance on the finished work of Jesus on the cross, the understanding you're a sinner, the understanding that he did everything already, trusting him, believing in him, and that which now gets into you, that Holy Spirit, the Bible calls it arabon in the Greek, which is in Hebrew, eravon, guarantee. It's a down payment of your salvation. You can only get it if you believe in him. He said, look, I'm going and I'm sending someone else. You can only, you, he had to come, he had to die, he had to resurrect, he had to go in order to send the Holy Spirit. And now we are the only people since world the world began that have this eravon in them. And that is amazing. And we need to have that in order not to rely on our works, but rely on his finished work. Indeed. And of course, translating the word of God into practicality. Uh, will allow us to live in accordance with his will. And uh, not to forget, as John, you, you spoke, of course, about uh, uh, Jesus being God, uh, being uh, God on earth uh, in the flesh. Um, you know, if we read John 1, 1 to 14, and I'll just do that because uh, no word of mine can uh, mm -hmm. explain this better than uh, what is written in the book. And uh, it goes as followed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. Uh, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the, that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light, that was true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And, you know, when we read this, each yes. of us should, we're all Johns, quote, unquote. 
we're all Johns in the sense that we are here to shine the light mm-hmm. of our Savior through us, to our surrounding, to our neighbors, to our friends, by helping them, by uh, by uh, encouraging them, by standing up for them. And this is not always easy. But no. the more we see God, the more we dedicate into his worth, the more we are transformed ourselves. And this in practice also transforms and reflects to our surroundings. Um, and the Bible... The Bible calls us ambassadors of Christ. I mean, when they see us, they need to see him. And, um, you know, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But then he said, you are the light of the world also. And then he said, when people see you, they will uh, glorify your father, which is in heaven. And so we must reflect that uh, Christ-like spirit and not take the glory to ourselves. And people look at us, they need to glorify our Father, which is in heaven, and uh, and uh, that's that's we need to direct people to Him and Him alone. And what you just read from John is epic, because this is the proof that indeed, as the Bible says, then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's what Isaiah meant when he said, "Immanuel," God mm. is with us. You know. Some Jewish people can say, hey, you're reading from John. Well, let me read from Isaiah. That might be more familiar to you. But in both cases, God came in a form of a, of a son and dwelt among us. And that's why Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 53, these are epic uh, chapters. That, And by the way, Jonathan, I was not, um, I did not come to know Yeshua as my Savior through the New Testament. I never read the New Testament uh, when I accepted him. I read the Old Testament, and I read Isaiah, and especially Isaiah 53. And I can tell you that throughout the New Testament, nobody read the New Testament. In other words, everyone in the New Testament that came to the knowledge of Yeshua as Messiah and got saved was only saved by using scriptures from the Old Testament, because obviously the New Testament was not written nor distributed yet. So my point is, to the people of Israel, I say, Yeshua is the Messiah, and I'm not basing it on the New Testament, which, by the way, was already promised in the Old, in in Jeremiah 31, verse 31. But I'm, to, I'm basing it on everything that the prophets said. That's why Jesus rebuked the disciples on the way to Emmaus and said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that which the prophets have said. So we need to believe, we need to hold on to the word of God as the word of God, not the word of man. Amen. Well, unfortunately, Amir, this is all the time that we have for today. So uh, obviously, uh, you're flying tomorrow to South Africa. So again, I encourage uh, all our uh, South African brothers and sisters in Christ to to um, look up, behold Israel and, and what Amir is going to do there in the tour. Um, but with that, God bless you, Amir. Have a safe travel there. And uh, I'd like also to thank our, our viewers, uh, our brothers and sisters from all over the world. God bless you. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem and pray for the salvation of Israel. And until next time, Shalom. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.